Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Whether you're in North or South Carolina or anywhere else in the world, enter the Cat Cave to listen to your favorite Carolina Panthers podcast as part of the Keep Pounding podcast network and powered by the Fans First Sports Network where you can find shows like Embrace, Debate, and Inside the Vault. Uh, welcome to the show. A little different show this week. I'm, rock- I'm rocking it solo, baby. Uh, let's see if we can do it. I'm your host, Ryan Frick. Uh, you've seen Michael Davis, the co-host on here. Uh, in weeks past, Desmond Johnson, producer, curator of Tobacco Road Sports Radio, was with us last week. But I'm I'm going to try to do this one, this one solo, because uh, I'm not sure how many people are all that happy to be Carolina Panthers fans this week. Uh, it was obviously opening weekend of the NFL, and we had some phenomenal football over the weekend. Right, you had Thursday night football kicked off. The Detroit Lions shocked the world, and the Kansas City Chiefs, albeit without. Chris Jones on the defensive line and Travis Kelsey at tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. But fast forward to Sunday. We had some phenomenal football games in the NFL as I pull up some scores here for you. Uh, Culminated Monday night with Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets taking on the Buffalo Bills. I should say not necessarily Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets as, as Aaron Rodgers played four snaps, tore his Achilles, unfortunately. And so the the New York Jets go back to the drawing board with Zach Wilson at quarterback. But again, some great games over the weekend, uh, some shocking games over the weekend as the Browns downed the Cincinnati Bengals 24 to three. The commanders over the Cardinals 20 to 16. The Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night football. Um, If Michael Davis was here with us tonight, he would be absolutely thrilled. The Cowboys defense completely dismantled the New York Giants and a 40 to nothing victory. Uh, you got to you got to see some new places, new faces and new places. You got to see the return of Matthew Stafford in Los Angeles as the Rams take out the Seahawks 30 to 13. 
what a wild one out in L.A. with the Chargers and the Miami Dolphins, a shootout that ended 36-34 to in favor of the Dolphins. So some phenomenal football, but unfortunately not so phenomenal for the Carolina Panthers as they fall in the season opener to the Atlanta Falcons, 24-10. If you're watching this show on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio uh, YouTube channel, you're going to get to see some features that we're not going to get to see uh, or not going to get here over on wherever it is that you're getting your podcasts. Uh, we're going to look at and we're going to break down the, some of the some of the major stats here uh, by some of the some of the Falcons and some of the Panthers. Uh, when you look at quarterback play, it was the debut of quarterback Bryce Young for the Carolina Panthers, the number one overall pick in this year's NFL draft. If you're looking at the stats on 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 the show on 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 the screen, it doesn't look that great. 20 of 38, 146 yards. He did he did throw his first touchdown, but it also accompanied with two interceptions. He was sacked twice. He got the ball going on the ground, three carries, 17 yards, no big deal. Uh, when you look over, the one thing you can take away from the Carolina Panthers this past weekend is they did have a dedication to running the football. So when we look at the last regime, uh, once they traded away Christian McCaffrey, they still dedicated their offense to the run game because they knew that they were weak at wide receiver. So we're going to rely on Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard last season. Well, they did the same here in the opener Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. When you look at Miles Sanders, 18 carries in this game for 72 yards. That's good for four, four yards per carry. He also tacked on four receptions for 26 yards, but he wasn't the only one to get involved in the run game. Chuba Hubbard, has, he looked he looked explosive in a couple plays in this game, averaging 6.7 yards per carry, nine carries at 60 yards. He also got involved in the passing game. But if you've been listening to me on this show, when I talked to Michael Davis, when I talked to Dez last week, I've been telling everybody that will listen to me to pay attention to Hayden Hurst. They were talking about Hayden Hurst in the preseason and his rapport that he was getting with quarterback Bryce Young, and he was the leading receiver in this game, and he was the only receiver to catch a touchdown in this game. Five catches, 41 yards from the former South Carolina Gamecock product. Yeah, I'm going to homer out when I'm by myself with the lone touchdown for the Carolina Panthers. So, the run, run game looked great, right? 146 passing yards on 20 completions is not great for a debut quarterback, especially when you talk about the two interceptions. But if you go back to Peyton Manning's rookie year, and I'm not comparing Bryce Young to Peyton Manning, two entirely different types of quarterbacks, different styles, different builds. But Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning led the league in interceptions in his rookie season. So let's pump the brakes on, on you know, is Bryce Young too small? Is he not seeing receivers? Because both of his interceptions were to the same defensive back. Uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, it was it was unfortunate that he didn't see the safety breaking on the ball. Uh, but again, it, it could be worse. There were some more egregious interceptions. Listen, Josh Allen, that's right, pro bowler, multi-time all-pro quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen threw three interceptions on Monday night to the same defensive back. So the fact that Bryce Young did it in his rookie in his rookie in his rookie year first game, to me, nothing nothing to be too concerned about, right? 
the receivers didn't seem to get involved as much as you would like. I think Adam Thielen finished with two catches. Um, You saw Mingo get involved at one point. Again, nothing crazy. Again, you're not going to see a whole lot of crazy stat lines from your receiving core with only 146 passing yards. Now, when you look on the other side of the ball or the other side, you know, from, from the Falcons standpoint, uh, Desmond Ritter looked worse. Now he was, let's say he was looked worse. The Falcons played a very conservative game when it comes to the offensive side. Now Desmond Ritter was efficient throwing the football 15 of 18, but he only had 150 passing yards. He did throw a touchdown, did not throw an interception. However, the Carolina defensive front Carolina's defense got to Desmond Ritter four times with four sacks. So I, again, Michael and I have been talking on this show on the cat cave that he thinks that the Falcons are the team that, that even more so the saints that the Panthers should be worried about when it comes to the NFC South. And I told him from the get go that Desmond Ritter can't throw the ball. Now 15 completions, 115 yards. It's, it's not, what's it? 10 yards of completion. It was the dink and dunk. Let's get the ball out. Don't make any mistakes. Don't turn the ball over. And 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 that's that's what got the job done here in Atlanta. Um, a very similar game plan by the Atlanta Falcons as Tyler Algier led the Atlanta Falcons uh, backfield with 15 carries, 75 yards rushing, good for five yards a pop, and two touchdowns. Also got involved in the passing game as a la Miles Sanders. Uh, three catches for 19 yards. Rookie running back B. John Robinson stole the headlines with 10 carries for 56 yards. Looked all look, look, looked every bit the first round pick that he was taken by uh, taken as by the Falcons. Six catches, 27 yards, and he got his first NFL touchdown. A la through the air did B. John Robinson. And similarly to the Carolina Panthers, the Atlanta Falcons receiving core was led. By Kyle Pitts. Now, that's that's not true. Six catches for Bijan Robinson. Three catches for Tyler Algier. They both had more catches. But when it comes to pass catchers, not out of the backfield. Kyle Pitts led Atlanta Falcons receivers two catches for 44 yards. Now, again, stat lines that don't really jump out at you, right? It's hard to really put your finger on what either one of these teams are going to do going forward. You would imagine if the Falcons are going to go up against a defense like, let's say, Dallas, because Dallas is the one that had the most impressive defensive outing over this past weekend. They're not going to be able to just run the ball 25 times with the running backs and keep the ball out of the hands of the Dallas Cowboys. Think about a team like the 49ers who absolutely dominated their game against the Pittsburgh Steelers last weekend. You're not going to be able to play that keep away kind of, let's just run the ball, let's play high school football, just keep keep chewing down the clock, this ball control kind of game. The Falcons, that's not going to be sustainable for them going forward. Now with the Panthers, they made an effort to throw the ball. The problem was that they didn't really get it going. 146 yards passing on 20 completions. That's not going to win you any football games. You you wonder if they were going to ease Bryce Young into the NFL, ease him into his first game. He threw almost 40 passes. 
Now, I'm not saying that that that's not what they should have done because they dedicated, again, 25 carries for the Falcons, 27 carries by running backs for the, for the Carolina Panthers. So both of these teams had similar game plans. The problem was is that the Falcons seemed to have executed it better. And I'm not one of these guys that are going to come out here and go absolutely nuts and say, the sky is falling. Bryce Young wasn't the right guy. We still don't know what we're doing on offense. We still don't have an identity. I'm. You can miss me with that, okay? It's one game. Uh, the Panthers have a chance to, to kind of bounce back this weekend. We're going to get to that later in the show. Uh, and 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 the Falcons can can prove this week. And I'm, I'm not even sure who they play off the top of my head. If If you bear with me, I can look it up here. The Falcons get the Green Bay Packers. The Packers, who surprised some people last week, in a dominating beatdown of Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. Now, I'm going to go out here on a limb and say that I think the Packers' performance against the Bears was more telling and indicative of who the Bears are going to be this year than who the Packers are going to be. I don't think the Packers are all that good. I still don't think Jordan Love is great. Now, Romeo Dobbs looked like he had a good game. Dobbs, Dobbs, Romeo Dobbs, he, he had a good, he had a decent game. Aaron Jones, there's some fantasy football pundits that talk about free Aaron Jones. This is what happened when you free Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones had a monster day against the Bears. But the Falcons, Falcons Packers this week are going to sort of give us a little more insight as to whether or not this, this Falcons loss was, was, was fluky or whether the Falcons can really use this game plan going forward and, and just control the clock, avoid the turnovers, avoid the mistakes, and they and they can control football games like they did here. And it was primarily in the second half. I mean, if you look at the box score, if I'm not mistaken, this game went into halftime, as I pull it up now, it was 7-7 at the half. The Falcons pulled away with 14 unanswered points in the fourth quarter, and that was the difference. So, I, again, not pushing the panic button on the Carolina Panthers. I think they're going to be fine, and we're going we're to talk about their game with the Saints on Monday Night Football here in a minute. But, again, things, really great takeaways from this game. Miles Sanders looked good, okay? Chuba Hubbard looked great. Ignore, if you're watching this, ignore the typo. With Miles Sanders. There's 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 multiple Miles Sanders. And the other takeaway for me is that despite the receivers not getting really heavily involved from a standpoint of their they weren't really involved in the stat line, the guy that I've been talking about all offseason, Hayden Hurst, was targeted more than those five receptions. I want to say he had, I want to say he had seven or eight targets. He was targeted a lot by Bryce Young. And so especially when we talk about fantasy football and you're looking at tight ends, Travis Kelsey missed week one. Mark Andrews missed week one. Darren Waller was was at risk of missing week one. He played, but if you watch the, again, if you watch the Giants-Cowboys game, Darren Waller didn't look great, right? At one point, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Hayden Hurst might have been the first tight end to score a touchdown this weekend and this season for that matter. I, he may have been one of the only tight ends to score a touchdown this weekend. Off the top of my head, I think there was there was there had to have been somebody in another game that scored a touchdown from the tight end position. But but Hayden Hurst, again, is only 41, 41 receiving yards. 
But if you recall, I said he was either going to get to a thousand yards receiving, which he's a, he's a long way away from that with only 41 yards, or he's going to get upwards of 100 receptions this season. Well, the volume's there. If Bryce Young can can connect with a few more of those targets, Hayden Hurst is going to be a playmaker for this offense, which is which is again absolutely phenomenal news. There's nothing wrong with with featuring a tight end in your pass game. Travis Kelsey is more than likely arguably the best tight end that football has ever seen. He is a wide receiver with the body of a tight end that is unguardable. Not comparing Hayden Hurst to to Travis Kelsey, but if the the Chiefs can get away with featuring a tight end as their key receiver, the Panthers can get away with it too. So some really good takeaways despite a 14-point loss. Um, Then you can look forward to, to going into next week with some sort of optimism. However, the unfortunate side of this is J.C. Horn. Once again, injured. He's set to miss multiple weeks with a hamstring injury. We talked about this in the offseason, too. I've I've had many conversations with other Panthers fans, with former Gamecocks, that J.C. Horn was taken in the top 10 of his draft three years ago. The concern was he couldn't stay healthy in Columbia, South Carolina, for those who don't know where Columbia is. He couldn't stay healthy in Columbia. And in three years, he's missed multiple games for the Carolina Panthers. Looking looking at an article by ESPN.com's David Newton, uh, Horn suffered a season-ending foot injury in the third game of his rookie season, and he missed the last four games of the 2022 season with a fractured wrist. If you go back and look at his South Carolina career, it was soft tissue injuries that sidelined J.C. Horn uh, for considerable time in Columbia. Now, a lot of the times he played through it, but you don't play through stuff like hamstring injuries in the NFL. You can see that Cooper Cup, star wide receiver, from a fantasy perspective, the best wide receiver in fantasy football last year, until he got hurt, never came back, suffered a hamstring injury in camp, and on his way to on his way uh, back to play, so- we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Suffered a setback. Was forced to go see a specialist about his hamstring. And prior to the week one game for the Rams, he was sent to the injured reserve. So he will miss at least four games for the, for the, the Los Angeles Rams with a hamstring injury. So I th- when I said not to panic on the Carolina Panthers after their performance last week, I think it might be time to panic about J.C. Horn. Listen, it's I don't think I've made it very, very hidden that I I happen to be a fan of not only the Carolina Panthers, as you see him rocking my Mike Davis Panthers jersey here on the show today, but I'm also a fan of the Detroit Lions. Jeff Okuda 
was a high draft pick at cornerback for the Detroit Lions. They traded him away to the Atlanta Falcons. Did not play in the opener because of injury. He couldn't stay healthy in Detroit. Atlanta took a flyer on him. I want to say Detroit got like a fourth round draft pick for him. After using a first first rounder on him years ago. And Detroit, although Patrick Mahomes did Patrick Mahomes things, Detroit wins, uh, mostly takes the wide receivers out of the game. Albeit, we, we could argue that uh, Kadarius Tony himself took the Chiefs out of the game. That's neither here nor there. The point being is that the Lions realized that this kid wasn't going to be able to stay healthy, get something for him, and move on. If you look, here's another prime example from the Detroit Lions. DeAndre Swift. This guy has missed multiple games in every year of his NFL career. In the offseason, the Lions go out and get David Montgomery, who looked phenomenal against the Chiefs. Drafted Jameer Gibbs, a rookie out of Alabama. Speedster, another guy that looked fantastic on Thursday night. And the next day, DeAndre Swift traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. If you watch the Eagles game against the Patriots, Kenneth Gainwell dominated that backfield. Rashad Penny, a former Seattle Seahawk, was signed by the Eagles, was a healthy scratch for that game. There are certain guys... I hate putting the like the, the injured asterisk over anybody in the NFL. Like the NG, always injury prone. I don't like calling people injury prone. Sometimes it's necessary. And unfortunately for J.C. Horn, it's starting to feel that way. I don't want to give up on the kid. I'm a huge, huge J.C. Horn fan. I loved him in, in Columbia. I think if this kid could stay healthy, he could be a top, top 10 cornerback in the league. But you can't be a cornerback, you can't be a top player in this league without playing football. When it comes to, to soft tissue injuries like 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 hamstrings, it's very it's 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 very well known. When you suffer a, an injury like a hamstring injury, you are I don't know the exact percentage, but you are ex- essentially extremely likely to re-injure going forward. Whether it's after he heals now, it could pull it next year, whatever the case is. He is now susceptible to hamstring injuries. And again, he dealt with this stuff in college. So a guy who is now susceptible to hamstring injuries, susceptible to injury in general, it's unfortunate that we, we can't say, we can't get him to stay on the field. And again, when we, we talk about the youth on this team and, and the excitement around the youth and how, how good this team could be, at, so, at, at some point you're going to have to ask yourself, do we cut ties with J.C. Horn? I know he's only in year three. But he missed four games last year. He missed 14 games in his rookie year. He left early in this game against the Falcons. And more than likely, with a hamstring pull, 
I'm expecting him, honestly, I know they're not putting him in on, on the IR, but I'm expecting him to miss at least four weeks. I could be way off base. I'm no doctor. I'm no, I'm no trainer. I don't have a, a, a background in, in, in anything medicine. But I'm expecting J.C. Horn to miss at least four weeks. That's four weeks without taking reps. Four weeks without making his receivers better in practice. Because when you practice against elite talent, that makes you better. So unfortunately for the for 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 Carolina fans for for JC Horn, that's that's we're not going to get that over the next few weeks. I personally feel that it might be time to move on from JC Horn. I think if you want to play it out to the end of the year, you want to see if he's healthy by the trade deadline, and if he's not healthy, nobody's going to trade for an injured guy. So you let him you let him get to the trade deadline, see what he can do. And if he's healthy enough by the trade deadline and, and, and he's making some plays, maybe that's when it's time to cut ties. And if he's not healthy by the trade deadline or he's still struggling by the trade deadline, nobody's going to trade for him. Play him out to the end of the year. Don't pick up his option next season and, and find a trade partner in the offseason. I love the kid. And if he ever watches this show or listens to this show, he's probably going to think that I'm that I'm 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 hating, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a dump on him, and I'm not. I want this kid to succeed. I want this kid to get healthy, and I keep calling him kid. I don't mean to call him a kid. That's, that's not meant to be disrespectful, and I hope nobody takes it that way. I want this guy to get healthy. I want him to stay on the field, and I want him to show people why the Panthers took him so high. But at some point, you got to put that aside, and you, you got to make a business decision because at the end of the day, the NFL is big business. Speaking of big business, look forward to Monday Night Football. There's a doubleheader Monday Night Football this week, uh, including the New Orleans Saints at the Carolina Panthers. New Orleans Saints is a three-point favorite this weekend. If you look uh, at the tail of the tape, so to speak, if you're watching on the screen, I will uh, show you real quick. Like uh, last week, the New Orleans Saints, who were coming to town, uh, had a had a had an okay week. They beat the Tennessee Titans, which is not a game that I picked correctly. 16 to 15 over the Titans. Derek Carr, 305 passing yards in that game with a touchdown and an INT in that game. However, the Titans held New Orleans to 79 total rushing yards. That's among all their, their running backs. Uh their star, I guess he's a second play, second year player now, Chris Alave. 112 receiving yards, so clearly above and beyond the number one target in this offense. When you think about Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas actually looked good in that game against the Titans last week. He, he looked healthy. He looked spry. Uh, he hasn't really played much in the last three years, so Alave and Thomas could be a problem with Derek Carr passing for over 300 yards a game here in this New Orleans offense. And when you look on the defensive side, they held Derrick Henry to just 4.2 yards a carry, 63 rushing yards. And he also gave up just 198 passing yards to Ryan Tannehill. So, again, 198 yards, respectable. 63 rushing yards is, is, is phenomenal. To Derrick Henry, now granted, I should say this. I've been talking all offseason that I don't think Derrick Henry will ever be the, the elite running back that he has been. Now, they did get him involved in the pass game. Hit a couple of screen plays 
with Derrick Henry. And if you see Derrick Henry running your way, you don't want to get in the way of that train, right? But 63 rushing yards for, for a guy like Derrick Henry, is, is, to me, it's, it's, it's a big success for this New Orleans Saints defense. Going back a little bit more uh, to the Carolina Panthers' loss at the Atlanta Falcons. After last week, currently ranked 17th defensively in the NFL. Believe Again, I, I went through the stats. 245 total yards to the Atlanta Falcons. I mentioned Hayden Hurst being the leading receiver. The wide receiver that led in, in, in receptions in this game was not Jonathan Mingo, was not Adam Thielen. It was Terrace Marshall. Two catches, 23 yards. Again, uh, four sacks on the Atlanta Falcons quarterback, Desmond Ritter, while allowing two. So defense knows how to get after the quarterback, which would be good to do against a quarterback like Derek Carr. Um, and I've already mentioned that J.C. Horn not going to play in this game, uh, likely to be replaced by veteran Troy Hill in that defensive backfield. So, again, we look forward to Monday Night Football with the New Orleans Saints at the Carolina Panthers. I want to be optimistic as most of you do, and say last week was a fluke. 14 points in the fourth quarter. We can correct that. We'll be okay. Panthers win. I said at preseason that the one team the Panthers had to worry about in this division were the New Orleans Saints. If you can hold an all-pro running back to under 100 yards, now granted it was week one, so you can also take that with a grain of salt as well, or take that with a grain of salt, I should say. And again, again, they only won 16 to 15. They were they were really close to still not winning that game. But the, the Panthers in the fourth quarter weren't close to knocking off the Atlanta Falcons. I'm not sure if New Orleans covers this three-point spread, but I think they win this game. I think if if it's any indication from last week, I think Carolina uh, might fizzle out. They're going to struggle to run the ball with Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard. Uh, the way that, that New Orleans battled, uh, bottled up, I should say, Derrick Henry. And again, we haven't we haven't seen consistent quarterback play from rookie Bryce Young, uh, be it in the preseason. He didn't get a touchdown to the end of the preseason. Uh, we talked about that on last week's show. And then he was on, only able to find the end zone, and it was a short route to Hayden Hurst, uh, but he was able to find the end zone. Um, but again, with the statistics that he had last week, uh, the fact that he he was almost he was it was just over fifty percent completion percentage last week, uh, and and the rec- the receivers got to step up and get open. The offensive line has to block for Bryce Young. We talked about keeping Bryce Young upright, giving him time to throw the ball. He's going to be able to find his receivers, uh, and that's the only way you're going to have a chance. Uh, I'm 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 really excited to watch this game on Monday Night Football. Uh, I hope you are as well. You should be if you're listening to this podcast. You should be excited. Uh, for this Monday night football game um, and hope that I'm wrong and that Carolina is able to get their first win under Frank Reich and Bryce Young at quarterback this Monday night. Folks, that's about all I got for the show this week. Hopefully I didn't bore you too much for the last 30 minutes or so. My name is Ryan Frick. You can find me on Twitter at Tapouts and TDs for my podcast where I talk all things football, college, pro, and fantasy as well as professional wrestling on Mondays. You can go to facebook.com slash touchdowns to find me as well. Continue to give well wishes to our co-host, uh, Michael Davis, recovering from a, a slight, you know, under the weather, you know, bit. So continue to wish him well wishes, uh, and, and hopefully he'll be back on this 
this here podcast sooner rather than later. But until then, exit the cat cave until next week. But listen to more content on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio YouTube channel and more Carolina-centric podcasts on the Keep Pounding Podcast Network powered by the Fans for Sports Network. I am Ryan Frick, and we'll we'll see you next week right here on the Cat Cave.